Jeremy Campbell is an investigative reporter focused on impactful, innovative storytelling. His work has changed lives, changed laws, and reached millions of viewers. He helped reinvent the formula for local news with Atticus, an investigative team that crafts docu-series reports on hard-to-talk-about issues. Their primary goal? Change the world. Campbell's reporting career began with the winds of change known as Hurricane Katrina. He created a documentary about New Orleans life after the storm that led to his first job as reporter anchor at KLFY in Lafayette, Louisiana. Campbell is a National Murrow Award recipient for innovation. He's been honored with 18 Emmy Awards, four regional Edward R. Murrow Awards, a Gracie, a Cronkite Award for political reporting, and back-to-back Service to America Awards from the NAB. Named Best Reporter by the AP in Georgia, Florida, and Alabama, and a three-time Atlanta Press Club Awards honoree, he is also president of the Southeast Chapter of the National Academy of Television Arts and Sciences. Girls on Film is honored to host Jeremy Campbell. everybody to Girls on Film. I'm Teresa Roth. I'm here with Port Wilson. I'm with Sarah Smith. Hello. And I'm with a very, very exciting guest by the name of Jeremy Campbell. Hello, Jeremy Campbell. Hi, thank you so much for having me here. We are we so like happy to, to have you here. <laughs> we like to call Jeremy a bit of an overachiever, and oh you'll find out why. God. <laughs> he is a National Murrow Award recipient for innovation. He's been honored. As in, as in Robert Murrow? Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Or Edward. Edward R. Murrow. Yeah. Oh, thank Edward you. R. Murrow. Okay, I was talking about his cousin. <laughs> Sorry. He's been honored with 18 Emmy Awards, four regional Edward R. Murrow, Awards, a Gracie, a Cronkite Award for Political Reporting, and back-to-back Service to America Awards from the NAB. He's been named the best reporter by the AP in Georgia, Florida, and Alabama, and is a three-time Atlanta Press Club Awards honoree. Okay, we're out of time. Yeah, and we're done. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome. Welcome, Jeremy. Thank you. I am am humbled for that. Uh, No one's ever gone through the list before when they've introduced me. Oh, my God. It's about time. I'm exhausted just hearing all that. (laughs) You should be exhausted. All that work. And we're feeling feeling, um, insecure. So he's exhausted. We're insecure. It's okay. (laughs) And there you go. It's okay. So tell us, what what do you attribute to getting into this crazy business that you're in? You know, I think it started with two things. One was uh, when I was a kid, just in high school, my grandmother said to me, I want you to grow up and tell the news. We would watch Peter Jennings on the uh, six on the national news every wow. day, and um, she said, "If you do that, you'll get to travel the world. You'll get to know what's going on. Uh, you'll you'll learn things and see things firsthand." And that that stuck with me. What was her uh, name? Francis. Francis. Thank okay. you, Francis. Yeah. Yes. I will what think, a sharp thank cookie. You. Thank you. But she she called it at a very Prescient. young age. Yeah. 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 Amazing. And, and I was always interested in in, in TV and journalism. Um, 
and I, I never quite was ready to take the leap. I grew up in a small town, and after I went to college, you know, when you start your first reporting job, you usually have to go to a small market, and I wasn't quite ready to do that. So I moved to New Orleans and started doing my own uh, DIY documentary film work. Well, then this thing called Hurricane Katrina hit, mm-hmm. yep. took over everything in my life, everything in the city. And I was like, this this is the time, you know, to see a storm like that hit an area that you yeah. love and that means so much to you. I wanted to be a part of telling the stories of recovery and the stories of hope. So uh, that that's when I, I dove in and I uh, got my first reporting job in Louisiana. And it's been, you know, they as they say, the days are long and the years are short. <laughs> it's gone by in a blink. But um, oh, that's very. That's how it all began. It's very cool. Well, we we are here um, at Eleven Alive in Atlanta, Georgia, which is the NBC affiliate, and we're looking out at the newsroom right now. And I'm um, thank you so much for having us and let, letting us come over here to interview you. Of course, you. of course. Um, Glad to have you in, in the in the hive in the midst yes, of yes. a lot of innovation going on at Eleven Alive all around us right now. Right. Um, I had a I sent you a couple of quickie questions, and I, there was one that I really wanted wanted to f- make sure I followed up with you on, which is, um, in your opinion in your, and in your experience in the day of the Internet of Things and um, every piece of news coming at you from all over the world in different ways, um, why is local news important? You know, uh, it's, it's crucial. I, th- I think it's more important than ever because we, we do have... Uh, so many sources, so so much news coming from every direction, but right. ultimately news is about community. And okay. that's what local news focuses on. There's no other source other than local news about your own community and the things that directly impact your life, our lives. And, you know, it's, it's, it's the problems, but it's also the solutions. That's part of our mantra here at 11 Alive is, you know, yes, we report the bad events, but also we report on the people in the community that are making the world better and that are tackling the bad events with hope in ways that our viewers can uh, get involved and do some good. If there's a story that you um, think was, you know, tantamount to to your point there, what, what would it be? A local story? I, I think for for me one of the the biggest stories the biggest local stories that impacted my career was our triangle investigation uh, that was um, my my team spent weeks researching what started as just hearsay we heard that young people were dying of heroin related overdoses okay. in the North Georgia suburbs and no one was talking about it right and this was in 2015 and. It, it's true. No one was talking about it. And why, why was that? Why do you think? There was so much stigma. There was so much, uh, you know, it was ha- it was happening to, to families that were more focused on their child being the valedictorian, which, right. you know, one of, one of the individuals that we featured, he was the valedictorian of his class. He died Amazing. of a heroin overdose. It, the, the drug was just so powerful and um, so, so hidden from plain sight. So, um, we, we started investigating that, that um, problem. And as we did, more and more people talked about it. Um, we wanted to do more, again, than just present uh, the negative. We wanted to start a conversation that would really rally our community to do something ab- about this issue. We held a town hall. We put it in prime time. Uh, we shared resources and how to get help um, and, and really helped you know, sp- spread the word that you know this is real, this is 
something that every parent should be aware of. And probably the most important thing we said is there's hope. If, if you do find your family in this situation, th- there's hope. You can turn it around. So pulling back that curtain was a mm-hmm. huge change for this community. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I'm sorry you had a yeah, question. No, no problem. Um, is this the story of how Atticus got started? Or it is the story that generated Atticus. It was our first our first story. Um, Tell us about Atticus. Atticus is uh, it's our team of uh, docu series journalists. Uh, we are a group of journalists who worked in daily news for years, and we were part of an experimental program to see what would happen when we unchained ourselves from the 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 treadmill and the daily clock of of local news, and really you know refocused on deep dive investigations uh, that premiere online first and don't necessarily follow the typical formula uh, of a news report. And what I mean by that is we, we take a documentary style approach where we, we let our, the people we interview, they, they speak in their own words. There's not a talking reporter head putting, you know, putting the narrative on this, on the story. It's, you know, we kind of get out of the way of the story um, and follow a mantra that I think speaks volumes. It, it's by Atticus Finch in To Kill a Mockingbird. Yep. It's where we get our name. So mm-hmm. uh, the mantra is, best way to clear the air is to get it all out in the open. And certainly with the triangle, that's what we did. We, we got it all out in the open, cleared the air, and, and helped lead to some solutions. And that's great. We, I'm starting we aspire to, to do that see, with every story yeah. we tell. I'm starting yeah. to see why he's been winning so many awards. Absolutely. But one thing I think, too, is when you propose a program like that and you get it up and running, reporters that are uh, doing stylistic reporting or doing formulaic reporting, uh, which they have to do, because you want to fit in so much mm-hmm. um, on the air. This gives them another way to express their talent and their passion for reporting. Absolutely. Yeah, I bet cool. your reporters love it. It's, well, it's, it's, a, it's a true opportunity to be authentic, to tell stories that matter. And it's what our viewers want most right now. You know, v- viewers want real information from real people that aren't, pretending to be the journalist they think they should be. And, and that, is, that is what I think we've seen in local news for years and years. But I, I'm, I'm very proud here at 11 Alive that we're leading that charge and, and smashing that mold and, and, and leaning on real, authentic storytelling. Given, given the formula of most news stories, where do your stories tend to air? Not in the 6 o'clock newscast? Well, first they're online. We we release first online uh, because some of our stories, you know, the average news story is is about a minute ten. We've had eight minute stories. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's just one awesome. part of, of four parts. We've had half hour stories. Yeah. So um, first we release online, right. and then we take it to TV, and that can look like a lot of different things. We've you know we've um, certainly we have put full episodes in our newscast. We've blown out newscast and and taken the first 10 minutes of a newscast uh, to focus on the one issue. If you know if it if it affects the community and it's important to the community, we'll take the time. How did you get the news director to agree to do that? Well, it's you know it, it's a did it's you, a team you, spirit. It, it wasn't okay. I wasn't twisting <laughs> any arms. You didn't uh, like drug him and put him in the closet. <laughs> okay. No, no. We're very supported. And uh, beyond our team, it is, you know, if, if you tune into 11 Alive, you'll notice that our newscasts don't look like, 
your your grandfather's newscast, right, as they say. Right. Um, you know, my grandmother told me to get in into the news business, but uh, you know, she may not recognize what's on the eleven o'clock news now. But I, I'm convinced she would love it. Yeah. yeah, I. You probably have the other news directors around the state, you know, biting their nails, getting a little worried. Well, Which I, is you a know, good I thing. hope they, is, that is a good, a good thing. thing. That is a good thing. Yeah. And, and, I, and I, I hope they, uh, I hope they take, take the, you know, follow, follow in. I'm sure. Uh, I would like to say it. though, over the last three <laughs> or four years, in this new format, however long it's been going, they've won best newscast three or four, in the last four or five years. Yeah. So somebody's noticing innovation at the Emmy Awards. Awesome. Well, Which, that's another thing that he does. Hello. It's a great segue into... Uh, <laughs> I planned that. I know. Oh, you're so good for it. <laughs> Perfect. So good. <laughs> Letting people know that, uh, so that Jeremy, Jeremy is the president. Tell it, right. Tell us about your uh, relationship with Natus. Well, first, tell us about... Don't you have an early Emmy experience? Didn't you win something as I, a youngster? I had a very early experience that changed the whole trajectory of, of my career. Uh, I was an Emmy scholarship winner uh, ah, back back in, in that's right. college. Yep. And, you know, it, I didn't even know that there was such a thing when I was in college as a, a regional Emmy Awards. And Ta-da. The, yeah. And they, now you have a <laughs> slew of them. But this, this was back in the day when there were bulletin boards i don't know if schools still have bulletin boards it's probably all online now <laughs> but i was i was walking through the uh, communications building at auburn university and i saw the flyer with a big emmy on it it said emmy scholarship atlanta southeast chapter so um i applied got the call that i had been selected as as the recipient and part of the honor was getting to attend the emmy awards and at that ceremony evelyn mems the president at the time who's now our national trustee Ooh, Emmy. huge evelyn mems fan Me she's too. my emmy godmother is yep. what i like to say oh that's so cool she presented the scholarship and when she did she said now this scholarship comes with a catch you have to come back and win an emmy and that <sighs> night that stuck with me. And I, I, I saw that room full of those golden statues. And even more importantly, I saw the video clips from these um, esteemed journalists who were changing the world with their reports who'd won that night. And it, it really motivated me and it really opened my eyes of, of what could be. So I, you know, you, you, you listed, a, I am very fortunate you've listed a long list of, of wins, but trust me, there were many, many years when I entered and I would, you know, I'd eagerly await that list of nominees to come out look for my name and it was nowhere on it <laughs> <laughs> that was, that's what makes it sweeter when you absolutely absolutely yeah. and I, I never dreamed I would be at 18 I, I I just wanted one and then then you want two after you win one because you want bookends you know you, mm, want it of course. <laughs> you want the symmetry yeah <laughs> and and Jeremy is now and Teresa said this a second ago, the, the president of NATUS, which is the National Academy of Television Arts and Sciences. How did that happen? The Southeast chapter. The Southeast chapter, I'm sorry. It, it all comes back to Evelyn Mems. When when I uh, got the job here at 11 Alive, she, she was working here. Yeah. And, you know, she said, Jeremy, you got, you got to come join the board, be on the board. This would have been 2013. So I, uh, I joined the board, I got active, and... Um, you know, once again, I was just really inspired when I saw the good that the organization was doing and could do for journalists, for students, for those who were aspiring to be in the entertainment industry, especially, you know, now people who are looking to break into uh, that, you know, TV as in Walking Dead, as mm -hmm. in, you know, all the shows that are that are here in Atlanta. And um, I, I got active in the chapter and um, 
you know, I, but I, I owe all of that to Evelyn Mams. I owe so much to her, but she's, she's the reason that I have, um, been, been so fortunate to, to be active in that organization and, um, very proud of the work that the full team has done. That's it's fantastic. a 20 member board and, um, you know, everyone on that board plays an important role. That's yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. We know, we know some great people at Nanus and they do, they do some really good work. Yeah. Amazing. The student production awards. Yeah, we're getting ready for that right now, honoring high school and college students. Yep. And, you know, I, I tell that come back and win an Emmy story at, at the Student Production Awards. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for the next cycle. That's fantastic. <laughs> That's fantastic. I got the news. Hey, Sarah, that's a new dress, right? Yeah, but I've got to quit paying these crazy high prices. Between me and the boys, it's killing my budget. Then do what I do. Go to swap.com and easily sift through millions of clothes in seconds. They have easy-to-use filters to find just what you want in seconds. Okay, I've heard about this site. Swap.com will take my unused brand-new clothes. Oh, I got those too. Bought them, paid for them, never wore them. Exactly. So now those clothes can find brand-new homes with Swap.com's online thrift store. Did you know that if everyone dedicated just 10% of their purchases to secondhand clothing, it would have the same impact as taking 1 million cars off the road for a year in terms of emissions? Swap.com has something for the whole family. Women's, men's, juniors, kids, baby, and maternity. You can save up to 90% off retail prices on brands like Lululemon, Carter's, Nike, J. Crew and Gap. If something doesn't fit, they have hassle-free returns within 30 days. And get this, there's a special offer for Girls on Film listeners. Go to swap.com slash girls on film. You can sign up for free shipping on your first purchase. Make sure you enter your email address to get the offer. It's a low-risk way to give online thrifting a try. So go to swap.com slash girls on film, sign up, enter your email, and have a blast. Woohoo! I got the news. What are you working on right now that you could tell us a little bit about? A couple of things. Um one well, yesterday I was in jail all day mm. <laughs> on a story. On a story, uh, okay, okay. Um, we, I bet you called Evie to bail you out. <laughs> she would. But she would. Didn't she have would. to get bailed out. <laughs> but um, it comes back to what I was saying about when we do interviews, we want to we want to take it from a first person. We want to hear from the people most effective. And uh, we're doing a series right now called Three Red Flags, which focuses on crimes that a lot of individuals so you know all of us at, at this table could be a victim of a car break-in or a burglary or identity theft and we wanted to really share with our viewers ways that they could protect themselves and know the three red flags the warning signs uh, that they might be at risk for the crime so we wrote to 130 inmates and told them what we were doing they were all of them were convicted with a related crime to that and said gotcha. we want to hear about your crime um how you did it um through the scope of we're sharing this information with our viewers so they'll know the warning signs so we're, we're working on on finishing that right now but um, when is that going to be on the air i want to watch it. me too yeah, um it's it'll be on the air this may 
cool. Very, I'll watch very for interesting. It. Yeah. Really. Have you ever been uncomfortable when you've, like, nervous when you've gone to do a story, a little trepidatious? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Um, to, to different degrees. There's, you know, there's certainly nerves about, am I going to ask the right questions? Am I going to hold my ground? Am I going to, you know, do, do my job as, as a reporter to get, you know, the, the questions that our viewers want? And then there have been situations where you're, you know, you're nervous to be maybe in a dangerous situation or right. like a jail or, you know, right. I, fe- I felt, I felt safe in the jail. It, it was high security, but you know, our reporters are often out in, in storm damage just after say a tornado's hit or, right. you know, so situations like that, you know, can, can make you nervous, but it is, it is part of the job. Absolutely. And it, it also, there's a thrill to it, to, to be, to knowing you're witnessing something newsworthy that uh, you're getting to see first, and more importantly, that you're getting to share that view with thousands of other people through yeah, your reports. Exactly. Amazing. Well, that's how we feel talking to you. <laughs> Very kind. It's true. It's Very true. kind to me. It's true. A lot of um, a lot of journalism is done at the computer with research, mm-hmm. and then you've got your you know your beat reporter who has to be really quick thinking, and ask those questions that might not have been researched. Um, what do you think the difference is between those two kinds of reporters? I think they go hand in hand, and that, that's, a, that's a really astute question because there are inherently different types of approaches and thought processes. I think to be the best beat reporter and have those instinctive questions, you need to know the research so you know right. the instinctive questions to ask. But that said, there you know, we have members on our team Atticus who are just geniuses when it comes to using data as their source they yeah. can they can look at numbers and they can find stories hidden in numbers and documents that um, you know that surpasses my ability to to see like a full story can be told just by knowing okay I, I see X Y and Z on this spreadsheet right. and that means this right um, I think my personal um, reporting style aims to to get at the the heart of the issue and really connect with the person I'm interviewing, whether it's a, a grieving mom or someone behind bars or a veteran fighting for benefits. With all the really deep dive stories you've done, are there any that stand out that just really moved you? Absolutely. Um, well, I just mentioned veterans. We did investigate an investigation called Charlie Foxtrot, which explored a military policy which basically stripped veterans of benefits after they were diagnosed with PTSD from their service. That's shameful. And it it truly was. It truly was. And uh, we we spent several months looking into that and uh, created the series. And, you know, we we truly felt that it was the good fight to get the word out and not only tell our viewers, but tell the, the individuals that have the the power and the influence to, to lead to positive change. And I think one of the proudest, if not the proudest moment of my career was when that series was screened at the U.S. Capitol before an audience uh, of, of lawmakers and lobbyists. And uh, a few weeks later, legislation passed the Fairness for Veterans Act, which provided provisions where veterans could have their benefits reevaluated after 
going through those, you know, PTSD and, and those diagnoses. So nice. it, it, was, it was very inspiring. Congratulations. Yes. Well, to you it, and your it, whole team. Well, thank you. Although it's, I, I give all the credit to the individuals who are brave enough to share their story for that series. It was not easy for them to talk for a, a long list of reasons, and they're the reasons that happened. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. That's a great question, Bort. Thank you for asking that question. Sure. Really good. Which You got a question, my dear? Um, just... I actually have one, yeah. and it's not that deep a question. Is people watch TV, and they're whether it shows, whether it's news, and they think I could do that. You know, I, I teach a class, and I tell students how hard it is to just be a talking head. You can't be that expressive. But uh, I had a friend of mine who's at ABC now had a funny story with his first live shot. How hard is it to do a live shot? How nerve wracking is it to do a live shot? When you're first starting out, it's very nerve-wracking, and I, I'll never forget my first one. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was in Louisiana. There had been a 36-hour manhunt for a man who jumped off a bridge into a swamp, and he was out there with the alligators and who knows what else. I remember this story. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. I remember this story. It was all-out search, and then yep. what was so phenomenal is when he came when they got him, they found him, yeah, right. they brought him on in on a boat, and as he came near the shore, he just put his arms up in the air, and he yelled out this primal scream. Ah! It was insane. It was a true, like, <laughs> it seemed like a swamp creature. And, um, you know, he, they sent him off to jail. But I, I witnessed all that. The adrenaline was pumping, and then yeah. it was time for the live shot. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I got through it as best as I could. I, you know, I, I didn't realize how loud I was talking. I didn't realize how much I was moving my hands in kind of an excited way. It's amazing. So you know, you, you learn a lot uh, from from watching those live shots. Reporters, <laughs> reporters, you got to work with police. You do. A you lot. Absolutely do. How yeah. do you how do you do that in a respectful way where you're not bumping into them and. You're still able to get your story. Sure, sure. Well, yeah, I, I think that's key is, is be respectful, respect their boundaries. You know, don't try to cross the, the yellow tape. That's, a you know, of course, a big no-no. But if, if you treat them with the respect, I found they treat you with respect. And that's a good way to keep the, the lines of communication open. Gotcha. Gotcha. And if there's a tough issue, if, you know, if there's some scrutiny in police, I follow a policy of complete transparency. I, I would never go on the air uh, with, a, with a report about police or anyone without saying, this is what we found. We This is specifically what we're putting on the air. This is your chance to comment on that. Yeah. You know, I think that's that's very important to be Fantastic. fair. Well, I know we're, we're a little... One close. more question, if I may. And well, I had a question. Okay, you go ahead. But then I got to save my question first. Okay, well you can close it out. There thanks. you go. I'm interested in, you brought up a good point with when we have information, we, we talk to the police, give them a chance. With so much bias and so much supposed fake news, how do you fight bias? Because we're all biased. Nobody's objective inherently. How do you fight the need or the feeling that mm, this is the way I feel, but I can't project that? I fight bias with, with facts. And with sources, with showing my work, if you are factual and say, you know, we found this, this is where we found it, this is who we talked to, this is, you know, this is who said that, you know, the more you show your work, the more trusted you can be as a journalist. And um, it, it, as far as any in, inherent bias, you know, it's it's showing both sides of the story and also recognizing 
that some stories may not have two sides. For example, if you're covering a community that, as I mentioned earlier with the triangle where young people are dying from heroin-related deaths, there's only one side to that. It's wrong. Right. Gotcha. Awesome. Gotcha. We are here at 11 Alive in Atlanta, Georgia with uh, esteemed and award-winning uh, investigative journalist, etc., <laughs> Jeremy Campbell. And on closing, Jeremy, what is what is next for you? What do you want to do next? It's it's always about the next great story. You know, okay. there's there's sort of a there's a cycle that you feel, and there's you know you get that that glimmer of an idea that something could really be terrific. Then you start working on it, and then it usually takes a turn where you think, oh, this is awful. It's not going to work. This is <laughs> terrible. <laughs> but at that moment, you just keep pushing through and and um, until the story gets where it needs to be. And then there's there's the the release, the impact, and then you start looking for the next story. I think I hear New York calling. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure his comrades out in the pool would not want to hear yeah. that. Yeah, I, Just I'm like in very, that, very happy where I am. In broadcast news when they're like, oh, New York called, D.C. called. I think somebody's <laughs> going to be calling Mr. Campbell. Well, what I love about 11 Live and about Atlanta is you can be everywhere. You know, this digital first mentality. Our, our triangle investigation has been viewed by more than 10 million wow. people. And, uh, you know, it's gone are the days where your reach is who's watching on TV. Your, yep. your reach mm-hmm. is as wide as there is interest for that story. Fantastic. That's right. Fantastic. Well, we're so happy to host you. And thank you for having us. Thank you. It was I a really pleasure. I'm honored. I, I, you've, you've boosted my confidence. Woo-hoo! I'm ready to take on the day. And you've taken ours down. Everyone, <laughs> everyone, should, get this, everyone should get this treatment. Yes. It's great. Well, thank you. you deserve it. They deserve it. Exactly, Teresa. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening today. And we are Girls on Film, and we are out.